This is Psalms to God, Season 1, Bonus Content, Generosity. You can find the transcript for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com slash generosity. When you reap the harvest in your field and you forget a sheaf in the field, do not go back to get it. It is to be left for the resident alien, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. When you knock down the fruit from your olive tree, do not go over the branches again. What remains will be for the resident alien, the fatherless, and the widow. When you gather the grapes of your vineyard, do not glean what is left. What remains will be for the resident alien, the fatherless, and the widow. Deuteronomy chapter 24, verses 19 through 21, CSB. Welcome back to the Psalms to God podcast. So when I was 14, my parents decided that I should get a job. And of course, at 14, there aren't that many options for a job, but I managed to get a job at a fast food restaurant, and it was quite possibly the worst job I have ever had in my entire life. Um, People are rude. People are really rude. Um, If you're a fast food employee know that I sympathize with you and I promise if I ever come in your store I will not be rude to you no matter what happens um you know when I first started there I had no idea what I was doing I had never had a job before I was 14 and they gave me no training um they just kind of threw me up there and when things didn't come out right whether it was my fault or whether it was the people in the back's fault or whether it was actually the customer's fault because they didn't order whatever they thought they ordered, Um, most of the time I got cussed out. And when I say that, I mean literally. There were customers that would come in and just curse you out. Never mind the fact that I was a 14-year-old child, and I've always looked young for my age, so I probably looked about 10. I don't really know how people can get it in their spirit to cuss out a child, But they did, and I hated that job. But I had plans for that money. When I got my first paycheck, I was like, when I get this paycheck, I'm going to buy all this stuff that my mom said I could not buy. And that, you know, my parents were saying that I didn't need, that I just wanted. And I was going to buy everything that I wanted. And so the day came that I got that paycheck. And y'all... That paycheck was scarce. Um, If my memory serves me correct, I got about $20. And that $20 probably wouldn't have even covered the gas that it took my mom and dad to get me to work for those two weeks. Um, I mean, I don't even know if I could have bought one thing that I wanted with that. 
Most of it probably went to food. Um, I was a big fan of buying food. I'm still a big fan of buying food. So I probably spent the money on food. But I was so upset. I didn't understand. You know, I was good at math. So when I had calculated out how many hours I worked versus the hourly rate that I was supposed to make, $20 was not the number I was coming up with. And so, of course, this is the moment that I start to understand taxes. Like, you know, America was founded on, you know, the whole slogan, taxation without representation. And yet children can't vote and we still get taxed. You know, I'm not going to, that's not what this episode is about, though. We're not going off into that tangent. What I want to talk about is the feeling that I had when I realized how much money the government was taking out of my check to the feeling that I have now, the government is still taking money out of my check, and to what is taught in the Bible about how we are supposed to be providing for those who are less fortunate than us and the connection of those things. So like I said, at 14, I was livid. I didn't understand and I was not happy about it. At 30, I don't look at my actual pay stub. Um, I looked at it at the very beginning when I first worked there just to make sure everything was right and it looked reasonable. Now I do not look at it. I just look at what actually goes into my account because if I stop and think about how much money the government is taking, I probably will still feel some type of way. But the fact of the matter is the Bible teaches us that we're not supposed to take every single drop of our labor, the fruit of our labor, and take it for ourselves. So in the Bible, it specifically mentions fruit vines, um, olive trees, things that would have been very common to the people of Israel at this time. This was an agrarian society. So pretty much all of their wealth and all of their um, livelihood would have came from the crops and the things that they were growing. Today, we live in a different type of society where the fruit of our labor is actually monetary most of the time. And so what God was saying in the passages that I read at the very beginning of the episode um, from Deuteronomy 24, the last couple of verses, is that the people were not supposed to pick every single fruit off of the bush. They were supposed to leave some behind. And after they had gleaned it, um, I don't know how many of my listeners are actually farmers or have had like a garden, even like a little tiny you know, kitchen garden or something like that. A lot of times when you pick things, you might pick every single ripe thing on the bush, but things may come back later and there may be a second harvest or maybe you just get one more fruit that you missed or something like that. They weren't supposed to go back and claim that. All of that was supposed to be left for those who didn't have anything. And if you follow through the Old Testament, um, anytime they mention the widows, the fatherless, uh, the strangers or the foreigners, they're always talking about the people who are the poorest in society, the people who had less opportunity, the people who are not necessarily afforded rights um, the way that other people were. Um, they were supposed to be protected and taken care of. And one of those ways was by leaving this food so that they could come and get it. And when they would come to get this food, 
there was no expectation that they would pay the owner of the field for it. It was just it was just known that you know after the harvest whatever was left would be for those people. So for instance, the second job that I ever had, it was also in food services, but it was not at a fast food place. It was at a water park. And one of the things I learned at that place was that at the end of the day, we were supposed to throw away all of the food that was left over. So if we had leftover hamburgers or leftover hot dogs or whatever, we were supposed to throw it away. We weren't supposed to save it and like reheat it and serve it the next day. That was against some sort of DHEC rule or violation. Now, in that same city and just down the street, like maybe like a block down the street, was a place where most of the homeless, the poor, um, some there were also some unsavory characters, um, those people live very, very close to where I worked. And so, you know, sometimes they did venture that far up. Sometimes they didn't. But we were also not allowed to give the food to them, which makes no sense to me. It didn't make sense to me then. It doesn't make sense to me now. Um, but it would have made so much more sense. We have this leftover food. We can't sell it. Nobody wanted it. We are not allowed to serve it the next day. Why can't we just give it to the homeless people who have no food? That makes so much more sense than throwing away perfectly good food. And one of the reasons that I wanted to bring up this topic is because this is near and dear to my heart on a twofold spectrum. So obviously because God commands us to take care of the poor. And so we're supposed to be providing some sort of services with quote unquote, our leftovers. Um, But also because this is also what my research focused on when I was doing my PhD. So my research was more so from a technological standpoint of how to monitor and um, present information on food waste. But it was about food waste nonetheless and about how America wastes 40% of the food that we cultivate. That's a lot of, that's almost half. Almost half of the food that we produce in America gets thrown away. And it's for reasons like this. Um, There are also things about how grocery stores operate. The fact that they have these massive bins of apples and oranges and, you know, celery or whatever produce that you're buying, all of that is there just so that we feel like we chose the fruit that we want or we chose the the produce that we want and when you have less stuff in there we are less likely to buy because we feel like it's picked over and we don't have options blah 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 but in reality they're buying way more than they can sell because at no point do they only want two oranges in the bin even though you're only going to buy two oranges you're not going to buy the two oranges that are there you want to be able to choose which oranges you buy So they buy excess, more than they know that they're going to sell, so that even when that last customer comes in, there's something for them to choose from. The problem is produce doesn't last forever. So that means that at the end of the week, a lot of this food has gone to the bad. I know me personally, I've gone into grocery stores on multiple occasions and pulled out you know, like a, a piece of fruit that has mold on it. 
And I'm like, that's gross. Like, it's already molded. Now I don't want any of this. But um, this is part of the reason why. Because they're overstocking. But then they have to throw away food. And it's mind-boggling because there are people who are starving. Obviously, you know, there are countries that are having this problem. Whole countries. Um, I know, like, Venezuela had a food shortage problem. I think they still have a food shortage problem. Meanwhile, in America, we're wasting 40% of our food. Um, But then right here in America, we have people who are struggling to have food. I think it's somewhere on the order of, um, oh, the number is escaping me. I will post it in the transcripts um, if you're curious, but it's something like one in six Americans have what's called food uncertainty, meaning they don't know where their next meal is coming from. And that is one too many. So, um, you know, it should be zero and six is what I mean. There is a lot of trouble with getting food to people who need food because everybody needs food. And so I just think it's interesting because it's not something we really talk about um, in the church. And it's a problem that should be talked about in the church Not only because it's a humanitarian issue, but also because it's commanded of us in the Bible to take care of these people and to make sure that they have what is necessary. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up um, in this particular time, in this particular month, um, also, you know, as we inch closer and closer to 2020 and election season, Um, something to keep in mind is that, like I said, we have a duty and a responsibility as Christians to take care of the less fortunate and those who do not have. But also to remember that when you don't have basic necessities, particularly when you're talking about food, when you're talking about shelter, things like that, that is what drives people to desperation, That is why people wake up and do crazy things, whether it's they're committing violent acts or crimes um, or whether it's that they decide to go sell drugs or something super reckless. When you wake up and you can't feed your children, you can't feed your family and you feel like you have no other option, that's when you do desperate things. And it makes sense because you're trying to get your basic necessities. So if we as people who can spare that one, you know, as the Bible says, the one or two olives that are left on the tree, if you have just anything to spare, if you can leave that behind for those people and they, you know, they're gathering a little bit from me, a little bit from you, a little bit from over there, then it eases that tension, it eases that need to go off the deep end and do something drastic to get those necessities because we're actually providing for them. And so as a society, we are responsible for each other. And so I would just urge you um, and myself that as you go through your life and you go through your day-to-day life, don't necessarily focus on what you want and how hard it is for you to get what you want because there are other people who have even less. There's always somebody that has less than you. Um, And 
we have a duty to not let ourselves get caught up in the capitalist, consumerist ideology that is peddled to us in our society today. Um, I definitely, you know, as I was getting ready to do this podcast and as I sat down and thought about it, I am blessed beyond what I should be blessed with. There is nothing that I could ask more for. Um, Everything that I could need, I have. And that is exactly the lesson my parents wanted me to learn when they made me get that job, that very first job. They wanted me to understand the importance of want versus need. Yeah, sure, I want a house with a pool, a private pool. That would be really nice down here in South Florida. I can't afford that, but I don't need that. You know, there are lots of things that I see that would be nice to have just to have. I would love to just be able to jet off on vacation all the time and I can't do that. But I have all of the necessities. I can pay my rent. I have a place, I have a roof over my head. My refrigerator is stocked and I know where my next meal is coming from. And that is something to be thankful for. Everybody doesn't have that. And when I think about that, I realize that I owe it to myself to not forget that. And one of the ways that helps me not to forget that is just like God said, is to make sure that I'm giving back to other people. So whether that's financially, whether that's with your time, whether that's just by stopping and being nice to somebody, just trying to make their day better, whatever you have left in you, make sure you can give it to somebody else to help them. Okay, so that ended up being a little bit longer than I intended or expected, but it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. And so I wanted to say all that I had to say. Um, I hope that you will think about it throughout the week and that you will pay it forward. So the transcript for this particular episode will be on the website at www.psalmstogod.com slash generosity. Um, Thank you guys for listening and for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe, follow me on social media, whatever floats your boat. Um, I can't wait to talk to you guys again. See you next time.